Well, I just have one question for you. Are you ready to win? Winning with Waterfall Racing Podcast is all about helping you achieve your goals through our community. We have an incredible community of top age groupers, of beginners, of the most incredible pros, and we all come together to support each other. And we want you to be a part of the journey with us. As you know, triathlon is addicting. It's addicting because we become addicted to bettering ourselves, to growing ourselves, to seeing how far we can push the limits of our physical capabilities. And it starts with the mental mindset as well. The strength begins there. So come with us as we learn about health, as we learn about tips, as we learn about gear, as we learn about what our pros are up to. And as most importantly, we support each other through this journey. Welcome to the Waterfall Racing Podcast. Well, hi, hi. Just in case I haven't introduced myself to you, I'm Joy McAdams. I'm a mom to five, business owner, and chasing the crazy addiction of triathlon just like you. I think we're all addicted to that personal growth and uh, so excited that you decided out of all the podcasts out there to join our podcast today. I'm really excited to just get into race season. It actually feels warmer today. I'm here in Georgia. Uh, almost feels like late spring, summer. I have my first uh, Rust Buster race is what I'm calling it. My half Atlanta marathon this Sunday coming up. Super excited about that. I feel like my run has gotten really strong. Uh, I had a little bit of a scary incident. Uh, my knee after doing uh, my last key sessions last week, well into the weekend, I woke up this morning and my knee's a little swollen on the side. And so, of course, I do what every good athlete does. And I'm self-diagnosing, Googling everything, looking up all the stretches. And I uh, actually made an ortho appointment, but they can't get me in until Thursday. So I'm going to go probably just meet with my PT, see if there's any area we can dry needle that he thinks will help. And uh, it's just such a hard call. You don't want to make it worse. But hopefully by next Sunday, we'll, we'll see that it's, uh, it's good to go. So fingers crossed there. I'm excited and I would be so disappointed to have to miss that. And then following that, uh, I have Clash Miami, which would be two weeks after that. So we want to start off strong and not in a downward spiral. spiral. So are you guys going to Clash Miami? Please message me if you're going to be there. I would love to meet up, get some pictures, and uh, root you on if you're going to be at that event. I have done Clash Daytona, but have not done Miami. So we're, you know, we're really excited to go experience that. I'm still debating if we're going to drive our camper van down there, which would probably take about 10 hours, and camp right there on site, or if we're going to do the whole fly-in uh, you know, get the hotel, fly the bike, all that stuff. 
and uh, that takes about just as long, right? So sometimes it's you're better off just, just packing it all up and being secure in your own vehicle and getting down there. So we shall see. But I would love to hear what races you have coming up too. Please message me at McAdams 5 I know some of our waterfall team, including our uh, our founder, Ben, actually did the Mercury Man in, in the, I think it's in the Cayman Islands, right? And when I saw that, I was like, how did I not know about this race? Like, what a great destination. I would love to go do that next year. And I'm actually looking at possibly putting that on my schedule next year. It looks kind of hot, though, but it's a great start to the year. Loved all the pictures. Looks like a great, great location to do uh, early season race. And uh, I doubt there was wetsuits. I don't think there was. So would love to check that out. But today we are going to jump in. I wanted to start introducing you to some of the new pros on the block this year. Anna Stralo is somebody that I met when I did a training camp with my coach, Hilary Biscay, out in Southern California showed up to camp. They were actually training uh, the Kona, everyone going to Kona. I did not go to Kona last year. All I had on my schedule left was really Augusta. And so it was a big jump, jumping in with the athletes right there, end of August, who were like, you know, getting to their peak of training for Kona. And then I had only been in a half training block. So it took everything I had to keep up with these athletes. And um, I didn't quite you know, even keep up on on some of the disciplines, but, uh, you know, it was fun watching them and being inspired. And it obviously pushed me as well. But Anna was somebody who was at camp and obviously she was always leading the pack. She was always there side by side with the pro who was at camp, Alex Watt. And it was so fun to watch her and, uh, you know, just to see how hard she worked and to to just see a, a difference in her as an athlete. And then no surprise, as I got to know her, found out she had been dominating age group, you know, winning big races and, you know, was very close to turning pro, which she actually did uh, this for this season. So I wanted you to get her story, her journey, how she got there. You know, she got there just like us, you guys. She's working a full-time job. She's a PT, uh, you know, trying to get all the things and train at that level to be able to perform at that level. It's really impressive. And I just wanted to kind of pick her brain, get her story, and also just encourage her on to uh, put her name out there so that you can follow her and, uh, you know, just support her and and keep an eye on her journey as well. It means a lot to the athletes. So let's jump in without further delay. Here's Anna. Well, I am really excited to have Anna here on the show with us. I got to meet her when I did a Biscay camp in August. It was the camp getting ready for Kona. And at that time, just watching Anna go, watching how hard she worked, it was so inspiring And it was no surprise as I got to know her more and found out, you know, all the races she had won that year. And then obviously her aspirations to go pro, which were totally validated by her performance in Kona, the first time racing Kona. And and then on top of that, you were what, third overall? Third overall, yeah. Third overall. I mean, just she, she went to Kona. She took Kona. She crushed it, uh, and we weren't surprised. That, that's the funniest thing. We weren't surprised because, you know, it was Anna, and I saw her in action at camp. just want a brief summary. Like, how long have you been at this, you know, triathlon, and, and what's been your journey to this point so far? 
Um, I've been racing triathlon for about five years. Um, so it's, I started to get into the sport after I graduated from PT school. Um, I, in graduate school, I was in, uh, Duluth, Minnesota and the trail running scene is pretty big up there. And, um, so I jumped into a lot of running. I played college soccer. And so once I was in graduate school and running a ton, um, the grandma's marathon is pretty well known up there. Yeah. Yeah. Trail running and heard about grandma's and thought, okay, I'm going to jump in and do grandma's. And, um, once I moved home from graduate school, uh, I just kept running and we have a marathon here along the lake. That's really similar to grandma's. Um, so jumped into that. And during that training, I got injured and that's kind of how I found the pool. Um, so, I just started swimming. I, I mean, it, and I fell in love with being in the water and um, then found triathlon. My coach, Heather, who's still my coach to this day, she was a pro triathlete herself. And so she definitely had some influence um, in deciding to jump into triathlon. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Meet her at the pool or just in the circle of running or? No, uh, so she was um, coaching some cycling classes that my dad went to. So my dad rides, and um, he suggested I started coaching with her. That's awesome. And so was she? Was she someone that you know? When we talk about, oh, I just picked up swimming, and it was fun. You know, we're all sitting back, kind of jealous if it came that easy. Uh, was, she, was she at the pool with you? Did you have a lot of swim instruction or did it really just come that naturally? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think swimming is easy. I really don't. And I wouldn't say it comes, <laughs> gosh, watching, you know, talented swimmers, it is such an art. But yeah. Um, yeah, so we did a lesson at the pool and then I started just, I went to YouTube and started watching tutorials on like how yeah. to swim, what to do. Um, I had, you know, a few more lessons with her started to jump into some masters and just, I just went at it just to try and figure out, you know, how, how can I get better? I, I have come nowhere close to swimming like you. So maybe I need to find a, a, some new YouTube, uh, you know, channels, but anyway, um, so then you, did you jump right into the iron, the half Ironman distance or did you do Olympics? Um, what was your journey into racing? Uh, yeah, so I, I did a Olympic distance, just a local race here. And I did well at my first race. I was first in my age group and second overall. And the group wow. that Heather had uh, formed just being a coach was going to Ironman um, Steelhead, half Ironman. And they said, why don't you come along? And I was like, well, you guys are crazy. Like, this is double the distance. And I, I hardly know, like, what triathlon really is other than what I just did, swim, bike, run. Um, but I was easily convinced and, yeah. um, uh, went with them to steelhead. And uh, that's kind of when my journey really began because that's when I won my age group there and qualified for worlds in Nice. Um, again, though, being such a novice in the sport, I really didn't know what like qualifying for worlds was. And mm-hmm. so I, and at the time was a new, you know, new grad PT just started my job and. Uh, here everyone was like, Oh, are you going to take your slot to worlds? You know, you have to tell them now today. And I'm like, 
no, like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like, yes, this was really fun, but I just, I don't know what just happened. You know, like this was yeah. a trip. I don't know what Worlds is. I can't go across the country, you know, and um, so I didn't take my slot. And then I distinctly remember that Monday going to work and at lunch, I called Heather and I was like, hey, I really regret not taking my slot. Oh, like, man. That was like a big deal. And she's like, all right, well, let's see where you can qualify again. So then I signed up for Chatty, which was just a few months later. And I go to Chattanooga and um, the goal was to qualify there. And I ended up getting a bike penalty for drafting. Oh. Oh, no. And so I'm on the side with these cute two Southern charm women and they're like, oh, it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not okay. <laughs> like, I came here with this goal of qualifying. And I'm sitting here for five minutes. Like, I was freaking out. Like, And at that um, time, Man still had us write our ages on our calves. Yeah. I'm like trying to pick out all these calves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you got to chase down. Yeah. Does she look my age? Like, I... so anyway, I get back on the bike, ride like crazy. I end up winning Chattanooga by 45 seconds wow. to qualify for Worlds. And so then, <laughs> so then I go to Worlds in Nice, and that was just such an incredible experience that once I crossed the, that finish line, I I wanted more. And yeah. that was the same weekend as Ironman Wisconsin. And that's a big deal um, for our triathlon crew here in Milwaukee. And so yeah. I was so inspired by my friends doing that I thought well okay let's go that's next yeah wow how so you got the bug you got the bug I totally had the bug that's so awesome I was Uh, determined joy yeah no absolutely well it's kind of funny when stuff goes wrong it's kind of funny how you all of a sudden come back with such a fury it's like why can't we just have that all the time you know what I'm saying like (laughs) start with that yeah 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 yeah. um that's awesome so then um so at this point did you really start realizing you know if I really keep at this you know pros in my future well I mean I wasn't really sure what to think because you know that had only been like then my races yeah yeah like my third race we we were just getting into COVID then when I signed up for Ironman Wisconsin Uh, you know, so I wasn't really sure, but I knew I wanted more, you know, throughout just the, the short course that I had. Um, and so I just kept racing. And, and then once I, um, did Wisconsin and I ended up winning Wisconsin, I think that was kind of the cherry on top. Yeah. Like, all right, this was my first Ironman the goal was to go to Kona. I'm going to Kona. Let's see if we can take this to the next level. The next year. Okay. Oh, yeah, because Kona was delayed. Right. When you won Wisconsin, then there was no Kona that year. Right. So then you got pushed into the next year of racing before you actually, you know, so you did a whole nother year of racing before your Kona came back around. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I forget. It gets so confusing all the other worlds that they had. I'm sure you would have done fantastic had you, you know, been a normal year and you gone to Kona, but obviously getting a whole nother year of racing under your belt only prepared you even more for going to Kona. 
and really being able to show up at Kona like you wanted to show up. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, so, you know, in, in some ways, it, it you know, but who knows? You probably would have gone and crushed the, the year before anyway. Uh, so, you know, right. I watched you, watched you at camp, watched you race right alongside there with, you know, the other pro that was at camp with us, Alex Watt. And, and I'll, you know, I'll just say, like I said before, it's, there's just something about you where it's like, you could tell you're just working so much harder than everybody else. Cause I think for some people, it just seems not that it comes effortless, but you don't see the work. I don't know how to describe it as getting that line a little bit harder. It seems like than other people I've observed. Where do you think that comes from, Anna? Gosh, I think I just growing up as an athlete. Yeah. And, um, trying to, I'm the youngest by eight and nine years. Okay. So I think trying to keep up with my siblings for one, yeah, two just just being you know inundated in sport, growing yeah. up and and wanting to always be the best. You know, soccer was yeah. my sport, and I always I wanted to be a starter. I wanted to. I mean, my dream was to be the next Mia Hamm and play on the women's national team. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I think um, just that drive to to push the limit I think maybe is what's different yeah there's definitely something different so it's it's been no surprise in a way to see your success and and obviously someone like you know my coach Hillary who congrats now you're on the smash team as well um she you know it kind of reminds me of her a little bit too because I think she's kind of like that type I think that's why you guys relate so much too which is cool to see uh but yeah so moving forward uh we have to go back and touch on Kona you know going into Kona you you had to know kind of I mean were you super intimidated everybody says Kona Kona or, or were you like conservatively confident in in where you were in your training uh you know in your ability you know what were your feels going into Kona yeah I think it was I think it was just a little bit of everything yeah yes I was totally intimidated because it's a big trip just to put it you know like yeah it's a lot of travel and getting there with your bike and, you know, getting orientated and meeting people from all over the world. That's intimidating. But where I had confidence was in my training because I was really consistent and I feel like Heather and I were really dialed in, um, you know, all the way from nutrition to heat training to putting the efforts in, I was just dialed in going to Kona. So I honestly I didn't know what to expect in terms of my performance because I've just heard that you know you could feel really good at Kona in the beginning and then it just is a horrible outcome yeah. or it's the opposite. So I really tried hard to work on my mindset leading to Kona. Like playing out the what ifs or, you know, thinking about just being present with what the race would throw at me because of what people said, you know, and how it just, it's a really hard day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a lot of respect for the preparation going in. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. 
I think, you know, after that, if there was ever any question in your mind about, you know, is it time to go pro, what to do, that kind of solidified everything that you were ready. But then you went on from there, you raced the Worlds. I know you actually got COVID uh, after Kona. So, you know, going into Worlds, uh, you know, how did you feel after Worlds at St. George? Gosh, yeah, that was rough. You know, I tried so hard to just really recover from Kona and COVID in preparation for that race. And I thought it was there. Like when I got to St. George, I was like, okay, here we go. I'm ready. And like halfway through the bike, I just did not have it. And I I really think I was not recovered. I think, I think COVID really, put a damper on my recovery and, you know, also just coming off of a big season, my season started at St. Anthony's back in March. So yeah, long season. it was just, yeah, it was just a long season. Uh, and I had really high hopes that I could push again at another worlds and it just didn't happen. But looking back, like I thought, do I regret attempting that? And I don't, I, I think it was, such an absolute privilege to be able to go to both worlds in one year and yeah um with worlds kind of traveling all over now I don't know if that's gonna happen again so yeah yeah I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity and yeah that was a that was a rough race but um the course is awesome I would definitely encourage people to race St. George yeah it was beautiful and we had crazy weather too going from Kona just being so hot and heat training to then freezing i had my winter like packer parka on before that swim start that was so rough that was so rough yeah i don't know what was worse the cold water swimming or then jumping on the bike after that and dreading the descent (laughs) right i prefer the heat uh you know what what's what do you think is going to change this year i mean you're still working full-time correct Yes. Uh, how do you juggle? How are you juggling that in the training? And, and is any of that going to change going into this next year? <laughs> I'm trying to change that. Um, I think it's, it's just really hard, but it's all about planning and being yeah. really consistent with the training and in dialing down my daily schedule, literally to the hour, like, you know, yeah. morning workout, go to work, have all my food prepped, come home, get my afternoon workout in, go to bed. Um, It's a lot, but I'm trying to make it work. And um, yeah, like I said, just really dialing in the schedule is what's going to make this a successful season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell me this, um, fuel, what is one of the craziest uh, maybe junk food fuels that you've reached for maybe when you're doing an indoor training session or or something like that I know uh, I asked this question to Taylor Nib before and she said one time I went for a whole tub of icing like she literally ate vanilla <laughs> icing or something in the middle of her training session so have you ever had something crazy like that gosh I have such a weakness for like any type of nut butter and chocolate oh yum <laughs> yeah that sounds good Uh, that sounds really good spoonful of like sunflower butter and put some chocolate chips on top Um, fabulous and what's your favorite post-race meal like are you one of those pizza people or burger people or milkshake what do you go (laughs) 
<laughs> Mine is so weird. I always have a craving for pizza and a burger, but what makes it so complicated is that I am dairy and gluten-free. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So the the waiter and waitresses always hate me, but I think it's the salt. I think it's the salt. So I have like a burger patty and then like a gluten-free pizza without pizza. <laughs> So you have a gluten patty, just the yeah. patty, and then you get a pizza with, with gluten free, the cheese, the gluten free cheese or something, or the the veggie cheese. Yeah, veggie cheese or no cheese. It's just like the pizza crust with, with a, god, like a cauliflower crust or something. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. My poor oh. husband, I make him go. <laughs> oh my goodness that's awesome so looking forward I know um you know how far out are you planning I know first choice of the year is going to be Oceanside is that correct first Oceanside and that's such a competitive race I know we are going to have Katie we're going to be talking to Katie after this this is her first year as a pro as well she'll be racing there are you intimidated or like what are just your feels because that's a you know and that's what I hear from other pros it's a whole new ball game um you know that first pro race the the dynamics of it the strategy of it it's just different it's really different um you know what are your feels towards that honestly i i don't really know i because i've heard the same thing that Uh it's it's different strategy it's different racing and um i think this first race i just want to learn you know i want to get I want to get data. I want to see where I'm at. I want to just um, see wh- what I can do. Yeah, yeah. I really, I'm going to try and go in without any expectation because it's, this is totally new. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll yeah. see. I'm up, I'm up for the challenge. So okay. I'm excited. I, I mean, I think it's going to be really a lot of fun to, to learn more about um, myself and what I can do as an athlete yeah Yeah, it's so exciting to watch you step up into this this whole other world and uh you know kind of just see you on this journey I know your coach is how is your coach I know she actually was in a a bike accident right right before Kona yeah she was in a really bad accident she's doing great yes thank you for asking good 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 well Anna we will be tracking you we will be cheering for you I think it's so important that we support our athletes on social media and, um, you know, any sponsors out there as well. I know Anna's open to that too. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Joy. The more, the better. Anna, thanks so much for uh, chatting with us and we'll check on, we'll check up with you later. Awesome. Thanks, Joy. Well, before I let you go, I want to close out with what I call our mindset minute. And it, it was such a big lesson for me this week. And it had to do with not being so dependent on technology. So, uh, you know, I had some key runs left. I had some key swims left. Uh, and here I was the end of last week. I think it was on, I forget what day I posted, but it was right at the end of the week. All of a sudden, I think it was Thursday, my watch started flipping out. I had noticed that, you know, there had been some condensation in my Garmin. And yes, I'm guilty. I'm one of those people that still swim with their watch in the pool. And I didn't know, this is a fun fact, I didn't know as I got into Garmin more and read about it, you shouldn't push your buttons underwater. I think, I don't know if that's how water gets in, you know, or whatever, but I I never knew that. So 
how whatever for whatever reason water slowly was getting into my watch and it started flipping out it started switching screens and I was like oh my goodness you know we're all dead without our watches right so this weekend I had to you know figure out how to maneuver intervals workouts without my Garmin and a big shout out to the Garmin though they are so awesome their customer service all I had to do was kind of chat with somebody online and they had said they were pretty much going to almost overnight, aside from the weekend, on, you know, aside from Sunday, um, you know, it was almost like an overnight me a new Garmin for free, you know, before I even send back the old one. So I could at least try to get as much as I could out of the old one until I got the new one. But anyhow, uh, you know, I had to learn, you know, Sunday I had a, a, a pacing interval workout and I had to run. Uh, you know, obviously a 20 minute warm up and then three minute intervals at half marathon pace, one minute easy, do that 15 times and then a 10 minute cool down. So I had to sit there and try to figure out in my brain, okay, the dis I decided to do it on the track, the distance of, you know, how far around the track would equal the timing of a three minute interval at half marathon pace keep track of doing that 15 times, keep track of how far I ran on the one minute cool down, you know, the one minute easy in between, then keep track of how far I ran on the 20 minute warm up, 10 minute cool down. I mean, it was like so much thinking. And then on top of that, my ear, my, my earbuds were dead. So, I mean, which was probably good because I really had to focus, but I'm like, man, this is how they always used to do it, right? They would just literally have a stopwatch and, and be timing things. And, you know, they used to think a lot more than we did in the early days of sports. So it was such a reminder to me, uh, you know, to not be so dependent on technology, to really still think, to really also be in touch with your feel and, and how you're running. Uh, you know, unfortunately, my first Boston, my watch flipped out too. And I ran all of Boston just off of feel and it was terrible because I started off too fast because the pace was saying I was going slower than I actually was. So I was pushing harder. So I pushed too hard in the beginning. I mean, I, I needed to be in touch with my body and with feel and not dependent on technology. So this was yet another big reminder to me to, you know, not be so dependent on technology. And it was a big lesson. But um, thank goodness, first thing this morning, the watch was on my my doorstep, so now I, you know, at least I have a, a Garmin back, but I'm going to keep that lesson with me and uh, go back and forth. Not to mention, I also this morning had to use the clock in the pool, and I'm going to do that from now on. I've, I've been told to do that. I've been told to use the clock, but I've still been lazy using my watch. But from now on, I'm going to use the clock at the pool. So big lessons learned. Uh, you know, think about that as we do our training and let's really be in touch as well with our bodies and being able to go off of feel because you never know when that's going to happen. And chances are at some point it's going to happen. Well, thanks for joining us today on our Waterfall Racing Podcast. Hopefully there were some good takeaways for you. And hopefully it gave you a little bit more insight into who we are. If you would like to find out more or join our community, go to waterfallracing.com. You can find us on Instagram as well. If you have a mailbag question that you would like us to answer, send me a DM at jmcadams5 on Instagram. We'll be answering some of those questions in future episodes. And remember, when it comes to training, 
mean, sometimes it's just about showing up. I love the mantra, anything's better than nothing. Not every session is going to go perfect, but show up. Consistency is always king. Happy training.